Harrison Price for Monday, October 16th, 2023. We're coming to you from the GoGoat Sports Studio, built by Arbor Lee here at the iconic Wall Center, downtown Vancouver. If you're heading to a game downtown, why not just make it a staycation? Call the Wall Center, 604-331-1000, or reservations at wallcenter.com. Matt Sikharis alongside Blake Price, Grady Sass, hitting switches and conducting things in this show a presentation of applewood auto group celebrating 25 years and right now at applewood nissan richmond applewood nissan langley applewood nissan surrey you can finance 23 the 23 rogue from 3.99 percent lease were financed the 23 or 24 leaf from 6.99 percent because blake price it's all good at Applewood. It's all good for the Vancouver Canucks as well. A 2-0 and start. First time they're 2-0 and for uh, in the last seven years. They beat the Oilers again on Saturday night. Bit of a different formula than 8-1 on yep. opening night. little different look Four to the game. 3 Honestly, it was it, clear who the best team was, but they did not come away with the victory as Casey DeSmith is extraordinary. The Canucks survived that Opening barrage from the Oilers, they counterpunch, they survive penalties, including a five on three, and emerge with a four three victory. Shouldn't be a template that they want to repeat. No, no. But this early in the season, and on the second half of back to backs, especially against the same team, this is still a parody driven league. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to sweep back to back games against the same foe, especially when it's home and home and the other side gets lost change and all that. Like, so I think when you do complete the sweep, you don't care what that no. second game looks like. Well, especially you knew the Oilers were angry. Yeah. They were absolutely embarrassed about their performance here Wednesday. Connor McDavid you know, making up slights about, well, he wasn't aware of Demko being uh, not fully healthy Wednesday, but a little ticked off about the late power plays. They came out with a flurry, as you knew they would, for their home opener. Mm-hmm. Scored early. I don't know about you. I was sitting there thinking, oh, this could be a very long night for the Canucks. But give them credit. They get the next goal, and they fight and fight through a lot of whistles, a lot of penalties to get a victory with all sorts of contributions across the lineup. Bodog poll question. When was the last time you were this stoked about the Canucks? 2020 bubble playoffs. You'll remember one win away from the conference final. Dempko extraordinary against Vegas. The 2014-15 season, that is actually the last time they had a playoff game at Rogers Arena. That was that Willie Desjardins year where lots of things went right for the Vancouver Canucks, and they Mm -hmm. wound up as the number two team in the division with home ice advantage in that playoff series against Calgary. The President's Trophy era, that's going a ways back now. Or you can't remember slash not stoked if you found another signpost. By all means, reply with other on that. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. And if you want to get ahead of yourself and bet the Canucks to win the Pacific, they're plus 800 on your Bodog. I, know I still think the best value was the one we had last week for, for talking for, for and Jack Adams. Yeah, absolutely. So, 2-0 and start, first time in seven years. Blake, they've outscored Edmonton 8-1 at even strength. Yeah. That might be the best stat of them all. Mm-hmm. Out of these two games, this is a team that a lot of people have going to the Stanley Cup. A lot of people have winning the Stanley Cup. They perennially win playoff series now, Edmonton, and they have arguably the two best forwards in the game. Eight one 
at even strength. At even strength. Casey DeSmith, 37 safes. He's played in both games now. <laughs> That's right. And that backup the closer in game position, one. and I know Jeff wrote about this for the Hockey News, You know, your backup goaltender has to get you double-digit victories over the course of the season if you want to be a playoff team and if you're going to get your starter suitable rest. We knew Demko wasn't feeling well coming off that Wednesday game, puked in his mask, and I saw that Rick Tockett said he wanted to get DeSmith involved early, which I think is the right call. You know, I think in an ideal world it probably would have been tomorrow in Philadelphia, but here you go, kids, Saturday night. Hockey night on the road in Alberta. No, it's a big start because it it, it means that uh, I was going to call him Corey Schneider for some reason. It means that Thatcher Demko um, is memories thereof. Yes, uh, it means Thatcher Demko should be a hundred percent for Tuesday. I mean, he was. I think he was borderline for Saturday, so he should be a okay mm-hmm. for uh, for Tuesday, and and that's great. I mean, your backup did his job. Um, I, I again, I I felt it was a little bit. Skitterish at some skittish at some mm-hmm. at some points, but I I wonder if that's just the game rather than him playing skittish. I mean those goal most scrambles, yeah. bodies flying everywhere. So it you know it had a hashik like feel to it at times, <laughs> but uh, he got the win. It's all that matters. All that matters. Another multi point night for Elias Pettersson. He had two points. He's named the NHL second star of the week behind Toronto's Austin Matthews, who comes off back to back hat tricks. To start the season, two point night for Nils Hoglander. Sam Lafferty with a goal. He's got points in both Vancouver Canucks games. Brock Besser with an assist. So to go along with his four goals on opening night. And look, as we mentioned, the defense has to improve here. The shots against, the chances against, the the penalty killing. Although the, the context there is, of course, they're one of the great power plays we have seen. All that has to improve. I was struck by what our buddy Wyatt Arndt said on the Stanchies. It's only been two games, but dare I say this team might have an actual identity. I'm not sure it's there yet, but you can absolutely see it developing. And I do think having Rick Tockett come in last year and coach the last couple of months was key in that, developing that identity. And I do think you can say that uh, you're seeing some of the benefits from Tockett coming in late last year. I I think a a uh, midway through last year we'll go past midway. I think it's pretty amazing what Elias Pettersson has done over these, these first two games. Like I don't know that we would um, have predicted a noticeable improvement from a guy coming off a one hundred and two point season, mm-hmm. but he looks like a beast. Mm-hmm. He's performing like a beast. And he might be making himself hundreds of thousands of dollars per outing at this point. <laughs> like, I, I, I wonder if there is already a sense of miscalculation here about the cost of not having him under contract. Because, I, I mean, he is now elevating himself in, again, only two games. But just to see, I mean, it's got Hart Trophy written all over it, these, these two performances. Mm-hmm. I think he's giving people back east a lot of reason to stay up and watch Canucks games. And I hope they do, because I do think that is something that has been lacking from the Elias Pettersson dossier, as as well as, let's face it, not a good enough team. They're easier star players to ignore when they're on teams that are so desperately out of the playoffs, as the Canucks were for the entirety of last year, let's face it. More on that in the welcome, Matt. More good news for the Canucks today at practice in Philadelphia. Carson Soucy skates the third pair with Noah Juleson. 
It looks very much like he is ready to make his Canucks debut tomorrow night against the Flyers. Ilya Mikheyev, at some point on this road trip, should make his season debut, coming back off that torn ACL and the surgery surgery that has kept him out of the lineup since last February. And Blake, here's the other thing. If they're 0-2, we're sitting there going, and especially if they're poor on the penalty kill, we're sitting there going, how did they screw up that Mikheyev timing could have been needed? They have allowed themselves to sort of get away with what was still a screw-up. But missing Micaiah from the lineup. Teddy Bluger, we'll see that news got a little bit more dour over the weekend when Rick Tockett classified it as a week-to-week injury for Bluger. We'll see if he gets into the trip at some point Thursday in Tampa, Saturday in South Florida, and then next Tuesday in Nashville before coming back home for the second home game of the year, which is Friday the 27th against the St. Louis Blues. So far from now. Yes. (laughs) Like, honestly, it's crazy. Yeah. It was a grueling practice there at, uh, in Tockett's old haunt of Philadelphia, Thomas Drantz on hand saying they skated lines for like five minutes. Doesn't suspect they'll have a game day skate as a result of it. They kind of got all that out of their system uh, today, perhaps. So, um, some fresh legs, some acclimatization to time zone is good. I mean, I uh, I think this is as uh, comfortable a start as you can have on the road, given the way this road trip has been has been laid out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, only two time zones after you've been in Edmonton for twenty four hours, then you only have to go two more times. This is all working out well here, especially for a team with injuries. I mean, to trickle back some players into the lineup here over the course of these five games, is, I mean, that's, again, that's a, that's, a, that's a luxury. And if they can keep their head above water in the interim, and I think they should be the favorites to, to get the two points in Philadelphia, dare to dream mm-hmm. about a 3-0 start. Now, Elliot Friedman reporting on the Connor Garland beat, and that is one to monitor here. He has not played a lot in each of these first two games. Now, the flu has been going around the team, but he scores the first goal of the Canucks season on Wednesday. He's playing in that on that top line, we think, in place of Mikheyev. And when you take a look at the ice time for Connor Garland, either he there is something wrong there or he hasn't been most trusted. Or it's just a special teams thing. You know, there's so well, much special to teams. To a degree, Blake, but it was 10 minutes? Yeah. yeah it's, it's that, that's lot. even beyond you yeah. know, just a special teams game. So the reporting here that the Canucks are willing to take back a player with term for Garland, and you can understand that that would probably be the ask of some of these teams interested in Garland, but that the Canucks do want to realize a million to $2 million in cap relief in this deal. Garland is not quite just shy of a $5 million player. He's actually got $17 million owed in cash over the last three years, so makes it even a little trickier. And the Canucks want cap space in this trade because they're now one of 14 teams that do not have enough cap space to even call a player up right now. Yeah. And we know Stanika's here on an emergency basis because they played a player short, skater short. But if Susie comes in, it means they have enough skaters. Right. So they can either go 11 and 7 or 11 and 6 and. You know, put a defenseman up for a couple shifts on the forward lines, or mm-hmm. just use eleven forwards. I suspect they'll send Stadnika home because they don't have the cap space. I don't think they have him as a capped player. Mm-hmm. 
Um, no, he is existing independent of the cap right now. Yeah, so I suspect that he sends to Nico home if Susie's ready to roll. Uh, we'll get into the uh, Baby Canucks and Canucks prospects Quite a throughout weekend. the hockey playing world here in a moment. Planets align for this organization. Well, including all the way down at ECHL Kalamazoo. With the great story there of a female keeper getting a win in the uh, ECHL. Uh, I believe only the third woman to ever accomplish that feat. So, um, yeah, <laughs> literally it was a Midas touch of gold weekend for every facet of this organization. Raya Fujimagara. Magari, sorry. Spent a year uh, abroad and then came back, did not get drafted into the new PWHL. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a PTO for her uh, with the Kalamazoo Wings and yeah. making it count. And um, as mentioned, we'll get into the Abbey Canucks uh, later in hashtag, but I was struck by their opening night lineup, Blake. Pod Colson and Dries with Tristan Nielsen on the first line. Nils Amon between D- Daniela Klimovich and Arshdeep Baines. Max Sasson with Aiden McDonough and Linus Carlson. Atu Ratu down on the fourth line. But that's a good thing. You know, guys are going to have to fight for ice time down in Abbotsford. Yeah. And then Will Lannan and Jet Wu, Matt Irwin, Philip Johansson, Jack Rathbone, Cole McWard. McWard from top pair with the NHL team to third pair. And, um, of course, two goaltenders there, Silovs, Shilov, sorry, and Tola Peel will get more into them. I do wonder if Baines and Nielsen are going to come close to demanding calls up here in the first <laughs> month if they continue to play like this. They uh, Baines with a 4.9. Yeah, and Nielsen amongst the league's leading scorers, so pretty crazy. Yeah, so lots going on and lots going right right now for Planet Canucks. We can say the same about the British Columbia Lions. 33-30. They beat Hamilton in the hammer on Friday. They not only beat the Ticats, they beat the officials as well. Now, it was a big weekend of watch parties for me, Blake. On Friday, my brother and I went out to the BC Lions team-sponsored watch party at Red Card downtown, and thank you to everyone for making us feel so welcome there. I like, you know, I do sort of like those 4 p.m. Friday starts mm-hmm. uh, when they're playing out east on Friday night football on TSN. Uh, had great fun there. Thank you to Les, Jerry, Raymond, Brian, Jim, Jason, everyone else we met. Dane Evans off the bench for a final game-winning drive. He goes four for four. Sean White makes the kick. He's perfect again. I was going to mention, I had someone who shall remain nameless, mm-hmm. but say in more than two decades of participating in the Canadian Football League, that might have been the single most worst officiated game that they have. Really? Yeah. Been a part of. So the Lions not only win, and this is something we didn't mention last week, but should have, they can heap all the pressure on Winnipeg because they play twice before the Bombers play again. BC at home here against Calgary Friday. We're giving away tickets. Text hashtag Lions to 778-402-9680. Your chance to win a pair of tickets comes with a food and beverage voucher as well as a gift card at the team store. But with Winnipeg off this week, and of course the Bombers' magic number to clinch is one. Off this past week. This past week. Yeah, yeah. The Lions get their win in Hamilton. Now if they beat Calgary at home on Friday, Winnipeg's on the field Saturday afternoon against Edmonton. They close in Calgary on Friday, October 27th. So the Lions can take care of their business, say we did our part, 
and then sit there and root for one of the Alberta teams to come through with a victory, which would vault them into first place and hosting the West West Division final on Saturday, November 11th. But they need Winnipeg to lose out, don't they? They do. Yeah. They do. They need Winnipeg to lose both these games because, of course, the Bombers hold the tiebreaker based on their yeah. victory a week ago. So they, they need a lot Friday. of help here. But but I, I see what you're saying. Absolutely. You might as well just, you know, mm-hmm. set up the gauntlet here and see if uh, see if you can get some help. And got to say, we had a fantastic time Saturday at Greta Bar. And thank you to our friends over at Canucks Army, Canucks Conversation, Chris Faber, Jared Sharp, and others for inviting us. Carmen and I went. Gre- uh, Grady was there as well. Uh, shout out, Juggy. So we got there sort of. Right around face-off time. There weren't a lot of seats. It was very busy. So shout out to Juggy Bajwa and his buddy Dally for letting Carmen and I sit down at their table. You show, they shoved over for you? That's they nice. shoved over. They made a little room. Mm-hmm. By the way, the food there's terrific. It looks spectacular. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. We both absolutely adored our meals. I had like a, a taquitos with a mango, pineapple, some sort of salsa. It was incredible. So unique. Add a couple of those $2 hot dogs. Did you really, agree? Oh, I couple. thought so. I thought so. I showed up and Grady was already looking disheveled, Blake. So no what kidding. do you think he looked like oh, wow. at the end of three periods? Wow. And uh, so we're sitting there taking in the game and the interference pen- penalty on Dakota Joshua. I'm talking with Dalvin and we're going, ah, it's kind of a soft penalty. And juggy deadpans. I didn't see it. <laughs> he's used that. Oh, he's I'm used sure that a million times. Sure. Well done, Juggy. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the our other... favorite anthem singer, one of our favorites, and of course, a longtime post-game caller to Blake Price back in the day, Juggy from Delta. The uh, the other funny uh, interference call was, of course, McDavid on Pedersen late. And uh, everybody and their dog thought that Pedersen went down pretty easily there, and no one had a single problem with it. <laughs> you know, all, the gloves are off for Canucks fans. They're like, don't care. You can go down. They've got a critical penalty called against the best player on the ice. Hey, the best player on the ice has taken a lot of penalties against the Vancouver Canucks. Totally. A lot of frustration. He's jeopardizing his lady big two games into the season. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, Greta, great, great, uh, great spot to catch. The games throughout the season, the playoffs, place to chill in the offseason. Thank you to everybody for the hospitality there on Saturday. Uh, made it to the Pemby yesterday, Blake, for NFL Sunday 10 a.m. window. As you know, it's kind of a Vikings bar. I was feeling pretty good about Justin Fields and the Bears coming off their win. And uh, Oops. Yeah, Cam and Kyla took my money yesterday, but thanks to Cam Chuck. Justin, Corey, everybody at the Pemby was... Maybe just keep your feet on the ground with the Bears the rest of the season, okay? Well, his uh, thumb is dislocated, and uh, yeah. he's going to miss this week, and they're hoping to avoid surgery. Now, say this. Seahawks fans, keep your feet on the ground as well. Terrible execution. What a fugly loss yeah. in Cincinnati. Terrible execution. 17-13. And you play great defense in this game, and we know Cincinnati has not looked great this year on offense. Burrow hurting. But two interceptions from Geno Smith kind of does you in. You, you ran the ball a little, but it was on a lot of carries. And um, so we're left to wonder, what are these Seahawks? Are they going to have some of the magic that we saw last year when really the expectations were down and yet they found ways to win games? Or is this just going to be sort of a middling around 500 team that needs to win some games down the stretch 
to be a playoff. Club. Well, let's be fair Th- to them. Three and two, so you're, and, and you're the, but, and they're and, one game in arrears at home. So one game in arrears because you got an upset victory from the Cleveland Browns over San Francisco. No, but I mean one game they played more road games. Oh, okay. So you know their next game at home. Let's see where they're at because if they're four and two with three games on the road, three games at home, Matt, I think you are still pretty optimistic. Yeah, uh, I just. You're in a hellacious division because of San Francisco, right? And look, the Rams have looked okay, too. But the 49ers looked really human yesterday, wow. despite some terrible officiating as I well. I was going to say, the yeah. 49ers can sit there and blame a couple of really marginal calls. Well, they want to rule, though, and you still have a chance to win For in sure. the final second. For sure, but a couple really marginal calls. Yeah. In fact... Won a completely missed call, mm-hmm. if you ask me. The, uh, the the major foul? Yeah. yeah. That was not a major foul. He doesn't hit him in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He I doesn't mean, use his helmet. He doesn't use. He doesn't hit the other guy's helmet. The other guy's it's head sort of wobbled. You, I think that's him, what. That's exactly it. Yeah. They, they saw wobbling head, and they thought, oh, there was contact. There, he got him wasn't. clean in the shoulder. Yeah. Like, I mean, that should have been that. But one of two big upsets in the NFL yesterday with both undefeated teams, San Francisco and Philadelphia, losing. Cleveland with P.J. Walker at quarterback beats the Niners. And the New York Jets with Zach Wilson at quarterback beats the um, Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm sure the Seahawks will be interested observers a week from tonight when San Francisco is in Minnesota for Monday night football. And they've got the Cardinals at home next week, the one and five Cardinals. So can we should get a win, and you know, from time to time, Minnesota rears up and beats some teams that they have no business beating, particularly at home. Can we agree that the New York Giants should never again have primetime wow. slotting? It is. Um, they're a tough watch. Can right they? Now. Can they remove Coach of the Year awards? <laughs> like, like we'll take that back, yes. Brian Dave. Yeah, you do not deserve that. We were wrong. <laughs> With further information, <laughs> larger is, sample size, it has come to our detention that you're not worthy. So we'll take it back. Imagine like getting, he's not, but imagine getting fired like seven weeks after, seven football weeks after being coach of the year. Right. Uh, We have Dane Evans on the show a little later. Last chance to see the Lions in the regular season this Friday. We know they're hosting a playoff game. We just don't know if it'll be Saturday the 4th, the West Semi, most likely, or Saturday the 11th, the West Final on Remembrance Day. The league championship series began yesterday. How about this stat from the Texas Rangers? They've outscored their opponents by 22 runs in the playoffs. That's the fourth best through six games of a single postseason all time. The 60 Yankees, the 70 Orioles, the 2020 Braves were the only teams that were better. And look, uh, you're right to have major doubts about the Texas Rangers and their bullpen in the playoffs. They were one of the worst bullpens in all of Major League Baseball. I think if you talk to smart baseball people, what wins in the playoffs, they'll tell you, oh, you better have some bullpen. You better have arms coming out of that bullpen. Well, that was a close game last night. In Houston, two-run game late, low-scoring pitching game, and Texas able to get by with three relievers after another terrific start from Jordan Montgomery. The NLCS begins tonight in Philadelphia, where the Phillies host the Diamondbacks. Kind of a bit of a upset NLCS when you take a look at Atlanta and Dodgers being 100-win teams. And uh, our Frank Saravelli told us on Friday that he expects the Vancouver Canucks and Rick Tockett to be in attendance tonight. Apparently Tockett has some pull in that town 
as a former beloved Philadelphia Flyer. Mm-hmm. So take a look for the Vancouver Canucks tonight on. So you think they'll get onto the uh, national broadcast of the game? I'm getting a guess not. Yeah, getting a guess that doesn't not. register. You don't think no. they don't think they get it? Is it is it the ESPN game or is it the who's the broadcaster there? Because if know. it's ESPN, they oh no, it's TBS. Well, well, well that's a, a, a crossover cross there. Yeah. Anyways, look out for the Canucks tonight in Philadelphia. Let's get to today's menu. It's brought to you by AG1. And I just shoot down the AG1 myself. Some people like to mix it into their uh, morning shake or uh, uh, a little bit of juice, however you want to consume it. You know, Make sure you get a good start to your day. It's a comprehensive solution. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase just by going to drinkag1.com slash price. J-Pat will stop by, talk everything Canucks with him. We'll get to some hashtags, the best and worst of Twitter. As mentioned, we'll go around Canucks Planet here for some fantastic stories on the farm and with their prospects. Dane Evans, and he has to feel good about that. A former Tiger Cat in one of the worst spots you can put a backup quarterback. Oh, yeah, there's a minute left to go in the game. You've been standing around for three, three and a half hours, but now we need you. Go out and lead a drive. And he did. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, They've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca. Let's get into it. I don't know if it was malicious. Probably not. But I do know it was another WTF moment. My question to ownership would be, was it worth it? And the architect, and I use that term loosely, given there wasn't much architecture, more finger painting with this team. It's like the running of the Bulls in Pamplona. You know someone is going to get hurt. That's what you all need to understand here. Right now. Don't know about you, but I didn't sense a ton of excitement about the start of this Canucks season. Hopeful? Sure. Tis always thus in this town. But I think a lot of fans were taking a wait-and-see approach. Stay-at-home defensemen upgrades in the bottom six don't exactly move the needle with casuals over the summer, even if they improved the team. Then there were the starts. 2-5-2 and two last year, including seven straight defeats out of the gate. 3-5-1 and one the October before that. 2-5 and five in that Canadian division season. Whatever, whatever hope existed was crushed early and often. Not only did this year's edition need this 2-0 start, so did the market. The NHL season's a slog when you're out of the playoff chase by Remembrance Day. So, those, so this start, long-awaited, much needed, and to think, happened dressing a skater short on opening night. 37 save performance from the backup goaltender on night two. It's one person at the bar put it to me yesterday. It feels like a fairy tale. Well, fairy tales end well, and we're a long way from that. But so far, so great. Let's appreciate this while we can. Let's welcome out for today. Invite your feedback, feedback channels as follows on email live at secaresomeprice.com. You can text. 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox. On Twitter, I'm at Sakaris at Sakaris and Price. And welcome at a presentation of Great Clips. Download their app today. Find a salon near near you and 
all their salons here in Vancouver and the Lower Mainland, proudly Canadian-owned and operated. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing Neighborhood Brewing Workshop Spirits. And the weather's getting a little cooler, but we're still pretending we're thriving in the summer. That summer heat with Workshop Spirits. Ombre Margarita. Hi there, hard lemon iced tea. And hi there, our peach iced tea. Will keep you feeling tropical all year long. End of the workday. Treat yourself to a Yellow Dog neighborhood or workshop spirit. So here's some price from Wall Center presentation, Applewood Auto Group. And at the Applewood Auto Group right now, the fabulous deals uh, really do defy description because of all these worries about interest rates and, oh, my goodness, uh, everything is so expensive. How about this? At Applewood Nissan in Richmond at the Richmond Auto Mall, at least the QX50 from 3.49% or the QX60 from 2.99%. When's the last time you heard those kinds of numbers? Yeah. It's all good at Applewood. Bodog poll question today. When was the last time you were this stoked about the Canucks? The bubble playoffs of 2020? The 14-15 season when last we saw a playoff game at Rogers Arena? The President's Trophy era. Sedins, Kessler, Bobby Lou, Gillis, A.V., all them. Or you can't remember slash not stoked. Vote at Sikharison Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source-free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Bodog, line of the day from me. Euro qualifiers. Italians are plus 420 against the English. Lions are minus 145. I'm for England, but again, plus 420 with the Azuri? That's worth a shot yeah, on your Bodog line of the day. Might as well. Here he is, our Canucks reporter, Rinkwide's Jeff Patterson, after a 2-0 start for the Canucks, Jeff. Can you remember the last time the market was this optimistic, this excited about the team? Do we know? Does Applewood have its uh, slogan trademark? Because I'm thinking the Canucks might want to borrow it there. Uh, it's all good in the Canucks locker room right now. Uh, and it is. And you're right. It was uh, a pleasant change, quite frankly, over the weekend. Just anecdotally, friends of mine that I was talking to and texting with, and people are, they seem legitimately excited. And so uh, it's a long season, and we'll see how things go. And they are bound to lose a game somewhere, I think. But uh, right here, right now, they're a 2-0 hockey team for the first time in seven years. So uh, they can feel good about themselves. They get this hurdle of back-to-back games against the Oilers out of the way early. They're going to see the Oilers again, uh, just the way the schedule works. I think the ninth game of the season is against Edmonton, and then they don't see them until April. Uh, but can you imagine uh, they would send the people in the Alberta capital reeling if they can get a third straight win, but that's mm-hmm. for a later day. Uh, their focus has to be on the Philadelphia Flyers, and uh, yeah, we'll see what the Canucks do. But uh, absolutely full marks to them. It wasn't pretty for long stretches the other night, but a win is a win is a win, and they are 2-0, and and you can't argue with that. How, uh, I mean, if you're Edmonton, you've been outscored 8-1 at even strength. You lost a game when the Canucks were a skater short. You lost a game when their backup goaltender played. Jeff, what was more impressive to you Saturday, that they took that early punch from the Oilers and punched back, or that they were able to fight through all the penalties, including a 5-on-3 en route to that victory? Yeah, there was a lot to like in that game. I I think for me, the takeaway there, opening night was about the star power and Besser and his four goals and Miller and Pedersen and their four points. Uh, This was depth through and through on Saturday from the backup goaltender and Casey DeSmith, a surprise starter. But then to get goals from the three guys that lined up as your fourth line to start that hockey game, Hoaglander, uh, Studnika, and then Sam Lafferty with the winner, you know, that's not going to happen very often, but it did the other night, and the Canucks were able to take advantage of that. So uh, 
I think by my count, nine forwards have already found the back of the net two games into the season. So in the preseason, one of the storylines was, you know, where's depth scoring? Is there going to be enough depth scoring? And all of a sudden, you've got nine guys that uh, have found a way to put a puck in the net. So that gets them into it and feeling good about themselves. And reinforcements are on the way. Like Teddy Luger at some point is going to play. Ilya Mikheyev out of the road trip skating with this team. Like I think at some point on this trip, we probably see Mikheyev. And so, uh, you know, this team in theory can and, and should get better. Carson Soucy looks like he could get plugged in as early as uh, Tuesday in Philadelphia. So uh, I like the depth that we saw. You know, I, I, again, am I going to sit here at game 20 and tell you that I'm still loving the Canucks depth? I don't know. But I certainly did on Saturday night. And Casey DeSmith, guys, has been really good in all of his appearances, two in the preseason and one the other night. And that just has to give him confidence, but it also has to give the players in front of him and the coaching staff. And I wonder if we see him again sooner based on that performance. You know, I, I, mean, I was one of the ones that was buying into this idea that Thatcher Demko was just going to play basically every game for the first couple of weeks to try to stabilize them and get a good start. But boy... Uh, how can you go away from Casey to Smith when it's his turn here? And they're still going to lean on Demko, but uh, I've liked everything that I've seen from DeSmith, uh, even more so now that his you know pads match uh, the rest of his outfit. <laughs> Did you see the interview on Hockey Night with DeSmith after the game on Saturday? I didn't know. Like you know how professionals and they they try and keep a little bit of even keel. Casey Smith was so happy you could not wipe the smile off his face. It was almost like he won a playoff series. Well, I mean, that was a, that was a Mona Lisa there at the end uh, in terms of desperation. I mean, it, it looked a little desperate at times, but, I, I mean, you just you go by the bottom line, I suppose, uh, Jeff, and I'm not a goaltending coach, but, I mean, it was a little frantic. Um, was that, do you think, just because of this game, the fact that they're at home uh, to the – you know, Stanley Cup contender of maybe of all contenders, um, and don't have last chance. Like it just, it was frantic at times. Do you think they're all going to look frantic in front of Casey DeSmith? I don't. I, I think the opposition matters there. Yeah. And you know, we saw in the first five minutes. I mean, the Oilers absolutely meant business. But to Matt's point earlier, you know, that is one of the things that you had to be impressed with the Canucks was that they took an early punch and then they settled things down. They not only tied the game, but they got the lead before the end of the first period. And then Edmonton was chasing Edmonton's only lead was for those first eight or nine minutes of the hockey game. Uh, I want to see the Canucks against another opponent and we will starting with the Flyers and then on to Tampa and, and the Florida Panthers. But same thing with the penalty kill. Like you knew that the Oilers were going to score some power play goals. So I think there were some signs of positivity from the power play, even though they're from the penalty kill, even though the Oilers struck twice the other night, you know, to dodge the bullet they did with the two-man kill there in the third period at a 4-3 hockey game, 12 minutes to go. And I just thought JT Miller was terrific in that moment, along with Ian Cole and, and Tyler Myers and, of course, Casey DeSmith. So it's just it's way too small a sample size and only one opponent to know what we're seeing with the Canucks penalty kill and if these improvements are going to um, be sustainable over the course of the, the, the season. But I think in the early going... You know, they get two wins. Yeah, they've given up three power play goals, again, against this power play that was historically good last year. So, you know, we'll start to learn more about the Canucks as we go here. But I think for DeSmith, you know, is it going to be scrambly in front of him? I, I don't have the book on Casey DeSmith. I just know that uh, what I've seen so far in two preseason appearances and then obviously the relief duty the other night. But uh, on Saturday, uh, you, know, you hear coaches say it. Like, I just want a goalie that stops pucks, right? And 
Uh, Casey DeSmith found a way. There were some posts in there. There's some close calls. Yeah, there was a little bit of traffic around him. But at the end of the night, he did his job. And to get out of Edmonton, giving up three, and to get the run support that he did as well, because, you know, that was an issue in the preseason. And also, you think back a couple of years ago to a guy like Yaro Halak, who gave them decent goaltending. But for whatever reason, the Canucks just did not, could not score when Yaro Halak was between the pipes. And I was looking at it yesterday. Halak didn't deliver his first win as a Canuck until December the 8th of his season. So Casey DeSmith way out in front in terms of, and you know, that's something I chart, getting those victories from your backup goaltender. Casey DeSmith, one for one. You can't ask for a whole lot more than that right now. Sam Lafferty, you normally is going to be a part of that PK, but um, ultimately they leaned on Pedersen Miller more uh, for the PK on on Saturday. Um but this has been a heck of a debut for Sam Lafferty. Um, the strength with the puck, the speed with the puck. Uh, I, I know we were warned that he's a $1.15 million player, but I mean, that's a heck of a $1.15 million player through two games at the very least. Yeah. I mean, I love just kind of putting that shoulder down and taking the puck to the net. And I saw a lot of people on social saying, wasn't that what old old number 18 was supposed mm-hmm. to do way back when, once upon a time? And, and unfortunately, there were too many times where he would circle the net or pull up. And you know, Lafferty identified, and that was Matthias Eckholm that was defending him. The Oilers were excited to get Eckholm back and you know, just one play and just one game. But uh, Eckholm's got to do a little bit better job there, but give Sam Lafferty full credit because we saw both his speed and his size and a little bit of finish as well. And breaks a three-all tie. Uh, you know, put the Canucks in front and a lead that they wouldn't relinquish. The penalty kill I thought was interesting because on Wednesday night, the first penalty when Tyler Myers flipped the puck over the glass and Sam Lafferty's out there to take the first face off as a right side guy to the right of Thatcher Demko, JT Miller took all eight shorthanded faceoffs on Saturday night. So they didn't even let Sam Lafferty take a faceoff. They didn't let anybody else. That was JT Miller's domain. And I think he went three for eight. So didn't quite hold his own there. But Lafferty really struggled in the faceoff circle in the uh, debut. You know, again, when Teddy Bluger's back in, I think Sam Lafferty will be a winger on this hockey club and won't be forced into too many faceoff situations. But uh, yeah, for all the talk in this market of reinforcements and bolstering the penalty kill, uh, you know, it was sort of the old standbys the other night. Uh, Tyler Myers was out there for a bunch. Uh, we talked about JT Miller led the team in shorthanded ice time. And uh, Elias Pettersson doing uh, some nice work as well. So, uh, you know, that's where Bluger and Mikheyev will come in. We touched on it briefly on Rinkwide. But, you know, I don't want, in a perfect world, JT Miller having to kill six minutes of shorthanded time on a nightly basis because he didn't figure in the scoring. They didn't need him the other night. But there will be a lot of those nights where you're not getting production from Lafferty and Stadika. And that's where JT Miller has got to be at the top of his game. Again, through two games, I think he's taken on the defensive assignments. He got mostly... Uh, Drysettle the other night until the Oilers had to pull out all stops and go uh, with both McDavid and Drysettle. But I think that was a compliment to Miller as well that, you know, they went with Drysettle because they were trying to shield McDavid essentially from JT Miller, who did such a nice job against him on opening night. Elias Pettersson, the second star from the NHL this week. You have Brock Besser as your Canucks player of the week, Jeff. <laughs> Explain. Well, four goal game. Come on. Uh, Elias Pettersson. He's going to get a lot of shine as the season goes. I don't know if Brock Besser's, I don't know where Brock Besser's season goes from here, but I do know that Brock Besser has taken, uh, he's never reached the five goal mark in any of his NHL seasons before 10 games. So he's sitting on four, had a nice assist the other night on the Hoaglander goal. 
but you'd like to think that he's going to get to five and then some before the season is 10 games old. But uh, yeah, I just thought for the opening night accomplishments and the fact that uh, Elias Pettersson, he'll get his recognition all season long. I just thought it was an opportunity to throw a bone to Brock Besser yeah. and uh, hey, why not? Uh, but lots of choices. Like again, Casey DeSmith, I think has been terrific. You know, we haven't talked about Niels Hoaglander. We did post game, but you know, three points out of uh, a guy that looked like maybe he was the odd man out uh, when they went with their dress rehearsal on the final night of the preseason. And Nils Hoaglander stepping up and getting a shift in a 4-3 hockey game with four minutes to go. I mean, what does that say about uh, some of the trust that the coaches putting in him based on what he's seen here over the last, uh, you know, training camp, the preseason, and now a couple of games that matter. So uh, I think Nils Hoaglander's off to a terrific start as well. Who do you think is most likely to play tomorrow in Philly from the injured guys? And uh, could you sort of meet out what you think might be the uh, return to action for the guys who are sidelined right now? Well, based on practice, uh, I see that Carson Soucy looked like a, a full regular performer out of the non-contact jersey. Uh, Tockett called it a good day on Saturday. He had a long skate with the group and then stayed out after the morning skate. Uh, again, this lefty-writing thing, Noah Juleson, he has struggled. Uh, hasn't looked particularly good uh, in the first couple of games of the season, but he's a right-hander, and that, you know, that has some currency, and it seems like it might keep him in the lineup in the way that they skated at practice in Philadelphia uh, looked like it was Susi in and Akito Hiroshi out. And Ilya Mikheyev, I don't think, is quite ready yet. And, you know, this isn't any kind of setback. Uh, it was just over a week ago that he was cleared to start taking contact. He's on the road. He's practicing and skating. You know, it's all incremental here. My hunch is that by the end of the trip, if there isn't a setback, that we'll see Mikheyev. But, of course, you wonder, too, like, does everybody else stay healthy? Uh, how does that play in? The other thing that I find curious with all of this noise around Connor Garland is, is that tied in any way to Ilya Mikheyev's return? Like, Garland's only played 10 minutes in each of the first two games here, which is curious. I know he doesn't kill penalties, but uh, and he left for a, a while in the third the other night, but he's on that top line with Pedersen and Kuzmenko, and he's had two 10-minute nights. You know, is there urgency from the hockey club? Like, you can give the agent license to go and try and shop him, you know, does the urgency or do the Canucks get to a point where they're prepared to pull the trigger on Garland trade if his replacement is medically cleared to get right back into the lineup in Ilya Mikheyev? Uh, so I do wonder, and that's just pure speculation on my part, but at some point here, sooner rather than later, Ilya Mikheyev's getting back in this lineup and somebody's got to come out. And so we'll see how things play out with Connor Garland, who, uh, by the reports out of Philly, is still clinging to that top spot with Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko at practice, but really hasn't done an awful lot other than uh, the first goal of the season on Wednesday night. And Bluger, we think maybe not this week, maybe Nashville? Yeah, to my knowledge, he's not on the throw trip, at okay. least yet, but we have seen lots of times guys can hop a flight uh, later on. So I do wonder, though, you know, if the trip's going all right and they get to Nashville you know, do you just plow through with the guys that you got and then get Teddy right. Luger practice and, and get him uh, back in the lineup, uh, the home game. But I haven't heard any sort of update. I just know that he's not with this group. So right now, not an option for the Vancouver Canucks. Marvelous stuff. Remember, it's a three o'clock start tomorrow and Jeff and Blake will have your coverage on Rinkwide. Mr. Patterson, thank you for this. We will catch up later in the week. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Harrison Price from Wall Center presentation Applewood Auto Group. Hashtags are the best and worst of Twitter. Brought to you Twitter.com. 
Brought to you by Jason Hominick, Jason.Mortgage. If you have a great rate on your mortgage but still need equity out of your house, Jason has a solution. You keep your great rate, you access that equity without touching your existing mortgage. Your mortgage is up in the next six months. Now's the time to reach out. Find him, Jason.Mortgage. Um, lots of good news around the Vancouver Canucks as well as with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, and I mean around the main team, the mm. first team to use soccer parlance. At Hall 1289, Dave Hall from Canucks Army. Here's a look at Hunter Brustevich's goal today. He capped off the day with a goal, two assists, and a plus three rating. He's got goals in four straight, points in six, and now sits in second in both assists and points leagues wide. His uh, points total is second in terms of the total. He's actually tied for third overall. Remember, he's a defenseman. Yeah. All those point rankings and assist rankings are just for players He's amongst the league leaders. Here's something that Dave didn't address there, but I'm sure he's addressed elsewhere. He's only got three power play points. Ten of his 13 points, again, in just seven games, are coming at even strength. Like, this is not, he's not the, I don't think he's the quarterback on PP1 there. Was he invited to the World Junior Summer? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I did well there, I believe. Oh. I don't see him there. I could have sworn he was. Yeah. I was going to say that that's something that could be attainable for him then. Right? Play on a world junior team for Canada. You were speaking more broadly about the Canucks organization at Patterson Jeff, NHL and AHL Canucks, both 2 and 0 to start their seasons. They've done it with four different goalies posting wins. Again, it, it was a uh, Friday evening, Saturday matinee scenario back east for the Abbey Canucks. Arter Silos made. 27 saves in a 7-3 win Friday. Archie Baines, four points. Pod Colson with two goals there. Five players on multi-point nights. And they come back Saturday, and they win 4-3 with Nikita Tolapila making 41 saves and Tristan Nielsen scoring three goals. Meanwhile, in Boston, defense pair, an all-Canucks defense pair from the Terriers, Tom Wielander and Aiden Celebrini, Wheelander with an assist on his very first shift as an NCAA player. Two-point nights apiece. They lose to New Hampshire. Alas, uh, every time you want to get excited about Tom Wheelander, you look at Zach Benson and go, oh, how about that? He had a two-point night in the NHL. Yes, yeah. 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 It was a good goal, though. Mm-hmm. It was a good yeah. goal. Uh, Anyways, looking, looking good. Uh, we talked about this this summer. They have better quality and better quantity. In the prospect pipeline. Yeah. You you can now see that enough, there are enough players in there with the chance that you would anticipate one or two of them will rise. You'd, you'd, you'd guess. Yeah, it's it's quite possible. Um, Hunter Bristevich was at the showcase, did do well. Remember, Team USA for Bristevich, right? Not Team Canada. Oh, I'll put myself on ease and O's. At Autosports. Jensen Button says F1 drivers need to speak up if they want changes to avoid a repeat of heat exhaustion issues at at the Qatar Grand Prix in the future. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about all this stuff? Yeah. Like, guys were pulling out of the race because they just couldn't see straight. Guys were puking in their helmets a la Thatcher Demko. Although there are fewer escape hatches for the puke in a motor racing car. Oh, it's sealed in there. Like, yeah, yeah it's like a fishbowl. Um, mm-hmm. it sounded pretty damn gross. Did, and that's a night. <laughs> yeah, imagine if they ran that thing into by the day. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit 
scary. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, I would guess that the cockpit of you know those uh, cars are uh, mm-hmm. are pretty hot the best of times. They are. They are. In fact, uh, it's pretty common for race car drivers to, to lose several kilos. Jen, Jensen Button said, I remember racing F1 in Malaysia when my water bottle broke. I had big issues in the race. You start shivering and you lose your vision. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's a safety issue. Yeah, that would be a yeah. safety issue. How about this? It's one of the finest performances I've seen from a Canadian athlete in some time. At J Dunk 12, Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation. This is crazy. Canadian receiver Alec Ayamaner, record-breaking performance, leads Stanford to an epic win over Deion Sanders and Colorado. That's Coach Prime down at Colorado. Farhan had tweeted out late in the fourth quarter, check this out on TSN 5, blah, 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 was happening. I'm like, that does sound really good. I'm going to go and see what's happening. 29 nothing comeback. Farhan and I were texting back and forth about this. He was on the CFL panel doing the, the yeah. late game, and right. I said, check out what's going on with this Canadian receiver. He's a sophomore from Medicine Hat. They were down 29 nothing at the half, and in the second half, Stanford basically said, our only offense is throw it to this guy. Mm-hmm. He finished with 13 catches for 294 yards and three touchdowns. The rest of the team had 15 catches. He had 13. These are Stanford records. Uh, at one point, Coach Prime in Colorado had to move Travis Hunter, their All-American corner, over to to guard, uh, to cover Aya Manor, and it didn't make much of a difference. And he was making big play after big play in traffic. All night and then dragging guys with him after the catch. So uh, a good Canadian receiver there down there at Stanford and a crazy two-overtime victory for the Cardinal over Deion Sanders' Colorado Buffaloes. And uh, I I don't know why, but I'm cheering against Prime. Uh, The smugness and the confidence was way too much, way too early, and now I, I watch that and I'm like, good on you. You're four and three. I find him fun. I find... I find him fun. I think there is a method to the madness. I've been pulling four of them. Although I must say, when they catch the pregame and the mics and some of the things the Colorado players are saying, I have a hard time supporting that. What? They're so arrogant. Yeah. And you're four and three. Yeah, no, exactly. Like you're four and three. Time to take a look in the mirror. At Optostats, the Giants are the only NFL team in the Super Bowl era to have more rushing yards, more passing yards, fewer interceptions thrown, fewer fumbles lost, and fewer missed field goals than their opponent, but still lose. Teams had been 134-0 and in the Super Bowl era when doing all that in a game. It capped off what I would describe as a... Uh, and they screwed up the clock. Pretty terrible weekend of NFL football. Um was talking with some friends at the Pemby yesterday. Um, has not been a great year for NFL games. Well, I I tweeted this and out. And the primetime games are... Ugh. Five teams had more than 21 points on the weekend. Yeah. Five out of how many teams played well, this weekend? 24? How many, how many teams... How many one-loss teams do we have here? Or, sorry, one-win teams do we have oh. here? Because you have the winless Carolina... Panthers, and it's going to be an exceedingly long year, needless to say, in Charlotte. But was it five teams with one win? Yeah. Chicago, the Giants, New England, Arizona, Denver, all one and five. And and not particularly aesthetically pleasing football either. 
from a lot of those sites. Like 20, that, that Vikings Bears game yesterday was god awful. Twenty eight teams have played this week. Five mm-hmm. got past the twenty one point barrier. Yeah. It's rugby. It's yeah, no, rugby. it's true. It's true. Like we were watching the early games, going, "Boy, not a lot of points here." And then, you know, got home for the second half of the second games, and I was like, "God, look at the scores here." Yeah, why? Well, yeah, I shouldn't say rugby. Rugby points totals were bigger yeah. than that. <laughs> <laughs> like seemed like a hell of a match between the Springboks and uh, well the quarterfinals were the, the matchups were per- just unbelievable. How yeah. did Ireland and New Zealand find themselves in the quarters? There was like two groups of death that sort of created okay. this bracket um, that was unbalanced, so, and so there's a bracket of death. On top well, of it, the it, groups of death. two groups of death created yeah. a bracket of death. Yes, because you got two quarterfinals that could have been finals. And lastly, for me at Match Point Canada, Canada with three titles this week. Did you see this? Leila Annie Fernandez, in her first tournament final in 593 days, beats a Czech player at the Hong Kong Open to win. And what I loved about it, no huge celebration, no throwing of rackets or jumping or crying or anything. Fist pumped to the box, walked up to the net, shook hands. Well, it wasn't the U.S. Open. Let's, no, let's be clear. but let's, yeah. let's, hope, let's hope this sets her on a better course. Yep. Gabby Dabrowski won in doubles again, and then Gabrielle Diallo. On an ATP challenger in Bratislava, as we've talked about, Blake, 2023 has not been a banner year for Canadian tennis. No. A lot of players backslid, but some late momentum. Diallo, there. he was part of that Davis Cup team that did so well, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe, uh, maybe there's something there. And that's hashtags for today. Joined now by BC Lions quarterback Dane Evans. He goes four for four in what is a game-winning drive late Friday in Hamilton. Lions win 33-30. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad we got the win. It was uh we needed it, you know, just coming off of what we did against Winnipeg the week before. And uh personally it was pretty nice to get a win at that place. So it was, was a good say. one. Well, we're gonna ask you about that in a second. I heard Julio say in the post game. That might be the most difficult spot for a backup quarterback to go in because you've been waiting around all day, Dane, and you've got to think you're probably not getting in. And then all of a sudden, late fourth quarter, by the way, we need some points. Here's the ball. Go get us. Go get us the field goal. Is that the toughest spot that you've ever entered a game? Um, One of them, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's not... Um. It's definitely not easy, but I mean, I think Jordan and VA do a great job of um, our quarterback room is so open, right? So even though I'm not getting the reps or anything, like we still talk about everything as if each one of us is out there playing. So um, we try to have no drop off if somebody's not in. And um, that's what happened. It was, you know, team needed me to step up and I was just ready to do the job and prepared and, and felt Thankful that they turned to me and and had the confidence in me. That good playoff tune up, just the way that game ended, and and uh, you know, often playoff games look like that. Um, did did that make you guys feel like you are ready for what's about to come? Yeah, no doubt that, and and the B, or, uh, Winnipeg one uh, two weeks ago, that felt like pre- playoff atmosphere as well. You know, literally coming down to the final play and then into overtime. So um, yeah, I think we're getting nice and seasoned for this playoff run coming up, and. Um, I think the biggest thing is we're learning lessons through, along the way, which will help us in the playoffs, right? So 
Um, I really like where this team's at right now, and and I think everybody's got a good head on their shoulders, and we feel feel pretty good about everything. You mentioned getting a, a win at that place. They did a video tribute for you, Dane, and of course you had great success with the Tabbies, getting the great cups and all that. Um, tell us about going back there and getting yeah. that win. It was weird. Um, everyone kept asking me in the hotel and stuff, you know, like, hey, how's it feel? Like, where did you used to live? And we were literally staying like two minutes from where I used to live for three years in Hamilton. So, um, yeah, it was weird. It wasn't good or bad weird. It was just a weird feeling like that place was home for so long and now I'm just a visitor. Um, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. And uh, it was cool. That tribute was very nice. Um, I didn't expect anything like that. I just felt like I was just one of the guys. So that was really cool that they, you know, gave me that um, shout out. Um, and it was very classy by them. And um, I appreciate it. And my family appreciated it, too. Sean White helps to uh, create the heartbreak for the home side, though, in in the end. What do you say about your kicker these days, who's just a – I mean, the, the term robo-kicker predates you, but we had one of those in the CFL, so I don't think we should reuse the, uh, the term here. But, I mean – at his advanced age, and you can tell him I said that, um, at his advanced age for him to be this good, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, especially at his advanced age. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, he's <laughs> he's money, man. Um, and he does it in practice, too. I mean, it's not like he goes out there and just makes kicks in the games. Like, he's doing that routinely in practice. And um, we knew we just – we knew a yard line we had to get to. And, I mean, if you watch the film, I was pretty excited once we got to that yard line because I already knew Whitey had it in the bag. There wasn't, there was no doubt. It was just, we just had to get to that yard line and it was over. And uh, he came in, did his job, and that's why he's the best. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's definitely having one of his best years for sure. And um, we're definitely benefiting from it. And he's just the best all around good guy. Um, one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. So it, it's awesome when something like that happens. It was pretty clear watching on TV there was a second left. Was it as clear to you on the field that there was time left? And did you think they were going to put that second back on the clock initially? Yeah. Yeah. So right whenever Hatch caught it, you know, we called our situation and basically alerted everybody, you know, catch it and get down. And uh, right when he did, I saw him go down with it just switched from two to one on the scoreboard. So I knew we had it. I think they let it run out. Obviously, hometown fans are going to let that happen. Um, but I knew I knew we had one second and uh, yeah, it was it was great execution by Hatch got just enough and and got down in just enough time. And it was it's always nice as an offense, no matter who's in there to be able to operate those types of situations, because like you talked about in playoffs, that's going to come up again. It might be at halftime or into the game, but it was nice that we've been talking about that since, you know, day three or whatever of training camp. And we finally got to put it on film and, and operate it. So I think that will definitely come up again before the season's all said and done. So what does practice look like this year, this week uh, for you guys uh, in terms of your own reps and VA's status and all that? Oh, I, I have no clue on that. Honestly. Um, I know we're getting prepared to beat Calgary. Um, we're going to do the best that we can to put the pressure on Winnipeg. Um, we understand that Calgary has a lot to play for too. So we, are not expecting them to come in and just roll over or anything like that. Um, so we're getting together a good game plan and getting, getting ready to go out there and, and get after Calgary and keep the pressure on Winnipeg. And then whatever happens after that is kind of out of our control, but um, we're going to try to do everything we can do to keep the pressure on everybody and see where it ends up at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you get a chance to uh, play before they do again this week and put the yep. pressure on. 
Dane, you mentioned the openness of that quarterback room. I mean, last year, Vernon Adams, a credentialed CFL quarterback, comes in here behind Nathan Rourke, the starter, buys his time, says and does all the right things, gets his opportunity, and shines this year. You, credentialed CFL quarterback, come in here, do and say all the right things, and, and have gotten a couple of opportunities to shine. Have you and Vernon talked about that at all? Did you take a page for his book? Would it have been this way anyways? And, um, you know, tell me about it because you've been a starter in this league. How easy or difficult has it been to um, be the backup? It, it, it is difficult in the sense of the competitor in me just wants to play. And I think that's healthy. And I think that's anybody in my situation would be like that. Um, but what, but what makes it amazing is, is with that openness in our room, um, how I can go talk to VA or, or coach McSimmick or Dom, even, you know, Dom's been around the league for a long time and, uh, just, there's no question that's off the table. Um, you know, we're seeing things the same way and he's coaching us the same way, regardless of who's in there. And um, I think given me and VA's past of being teammates in 2018 in Hamilton, even though it was just for training camp, um, we've always kept up with each other since then. So um, yeah, as soon as I got traded here, we definitely talked about that and just, you know, we, we know it's going to take all of us. Um, sometimes it's just a figure of speech where, Oh yeah, it's going to take everybody. And, only one guy's playing, but we know in the CFL that, you know, things come up, it, it's a fast game and things happen quick up here. So um, we're just all ultimate team players. And I think, I think you're seeing that. So it's been, it's been great. Seems yeah. like, it seems like a pretty good room overall. Like, I mean, and, and I think teams overplay that head all oh, we're a family in here and all that. So it does seem like a pretty good version of the BC lines in terms of that too, doesn't it? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like I, first thing I told VA after the game is he's going to win the MOP. And if he doesn't win MOP, I think that's not the right person winning it because the things VA has done this year have been amazing. And, and maybe I have a, a slanted point of view because I'm, I know exactly, you know, what he should be looking at and all that stuff too. And some of the plays he's made this year, whether it be just getting us out of a, getting us out of trouble or just making an outstanding throw that some guys, including myself probably couldn't make sometimes. And he's had an outstanding year and I, I really think he should be MOP. Um, it's most outstanding player, not most outstanding team. And I think some people need to remember that whenever they come to the voting. And I think VA's had a fantastic year and I'm, I'm just happy to be able to contribute in the smallest way possible, just helping him stay right between the years and just trying to be another coach um, while he's out there. <laughs> Well, I got to say, Dane, uh, three of the last four or four of the last fives uh, have been um, thrilling entertainment right down to the end with the BC Lions. We look forward to Friday against Calgary. Wish you best of luck in the playoffs as well. Thanks for this. Yep. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. Harrison Price from Wall Center, presentation Applewood Auto Group. You can text us 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips. It's going to be great. Well, what a fantastic weekend it was. And uh, got home in time, was able to watch the end of the golf. The Shriners open oh, from Vegas. Left oh. me wanting all weekend long. I, I watched from way the- more Shriners open than one should, <laughs> I can be honest. But there's four Canadians in the top seven at one point. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a minute there, I was daring to dream going, are you telling me two Canadians could go to a playoff to win this thing? I know, I know. Because Taylor was great out of the shoot. 
Thursday, Friday. He had a double late on Saturday. Mm-hmm. They killed him. And then Hadwin drinks his approach on 16th. Which actually was neither here nor chin. there because if he drains that, he has a 10-footer for par. If he drains that, he's in a playoff right now. Mm-hmm. Not right now, but you know, he gets well, to he a makes, playoff. He makes a long putt on 18 as well to finish second at minus 19 to the winner, Tom Kim. And, you know, I said last week, Hadwin's the guy I was a little bit worried about because, you know, in this era where each and every season now, you see guys just absolutely hammering the ball out there before they're going to roll this thing back. Taylor Pendrith, 18 under and a tie for third. Nick Taylor from Abbotsford, 16 under, a tie for 13th. And Adam Svensson, 15 under, a tie for 18th. So terrific to see four Canadians in the top 20. Pendrith could have been there. He had a really mediocre back nine. He didn't birdie uh, 15, which is the drivable par four. He he parred that. Mm -hmm. The next hole is a par five that's birdieable. He parred that. You you need at least one, if not two birdies out of that. If he gets two, he's right there as well. Yep. Uh, So anyways, uh, nice performance from the Canadian contingent and, uh, of course, three of the four British Columbians over the course of the weekend. Things broke reasonably well for Vancouver Whitecaps FC on the weekend in MLS. As we told you all last week, Dallas and Real Salt, Lake's, Real Salt Lake each had games in hand against Vancouver. Dallas needed to win both their matches and have the Caps lose to leapfrog them. Well, they tie with Colorado, which is a really good result because Colorado is not that good. And then RSL ties with the LA Galaxy so Dallas cannot catch Vancouver for six. And in fact, the Caps cannot fall lower than where they are right now in sixth position in the MLS West. A draw can only get them to fifth. We'll have Vanny Sartini on the show tomorrow. But the way I see it, the Caps can throw caution into the wind and go all out for the victory Saturday yep. against LAFC. A victory could still get them as high as third. But the mission here is to finish top four and to get home pitch advantage in the first round, a best of three of the MLS playoffs. It's going to be the biggest crowd of the season already at BC Place for the Whitecaps for this match. So uh, I, I, I hope it. I hope they come near to selling out that lower bowl. Maybe mm-hmm. force them to take some tarps off that lower bowl and really make that a cauldron. You know, they've already beaten LIFC down in Los Angeles. Um and it would be really nice to see them just... I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, LAFC... You might as well. I mean, they don't want... LAFC wants to hold on to a, a top two or three spot here. They don't want to be jumped. They want to get the best possible draw. Um, mm-hmm. So I, 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 I think they're going to be playing pretty strong. Um, but it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's going to be a great autumn of action under the dome of BC. And I love a 6 p.m. start. We had talked all year that the 7.30 starts for the Caps this year just took, I think, a lot of people out of the mix. Yeah. uh, Particularly on the weekday games, but even on weekend games as well. Um, You know, prefer 7. I've seen a lot of teams now that are going to 6 and 6.30 starts and a 6 p.m. start Saturday, I think, is uh, far more fitting. If you haven't gone to see a White Caps match this season, folks, this is the one. Make make it this one. It'll, yep. it'll be a lot of fun. Poll question results from Friday. Connor Garland with 1.5 million retained for Dante Fabro. Who says no? More than 1,300 votes on this question, Blake, and mm. it was close. 
Who says no? Canucks, Preds, neither, both. A lot uh, of voting for all four options here. Preds say no. Correct. Percentage? Uh, with a lot of options, I'm going to go 41. 30. 30. Wow, it was really spread up. It was 30.2 for the Predators saying no. It was 29.7 for the Canucks saying no. 21.5% had both teams saying no. And 18.6% said good for both teams. YouTube, Neither will say no. YouTube had 39% Canucks leading. Really? 27%, 18 neither, 16 both. Mm-hmm. Um, few com- few comments on that. Highlander says, retaining on a Garland trade makes no sense given that the only reason to trade Garland is for cap relief. It's not clear that Garland wants out. Well, it is. Why not just keep him if the Canucks can't trade him without giving up a sweetener or retaining salary? I think what Highlander might mean, this is Craig, is that maybe you can see a second rescinded trade request after Brock Besser mm-hmm, yeah. last year. It's not the only reason to um, move him. You also think you might be able to get something back for him. Uh, Shred Dude says the problem is the Canucks would keep him for $3 million. Actually, a little closer to three point four. They want the cap space more than anything. It may, it literally makes no sense to retain on him. Blows me away sometimes that this stuff isn't obvious. Well, the reporting out there is the Vancouver Canucks are willing to retain on Connor Garland. I mean, I think they're going to want to get a little, yeah, but want to get a little cap space back. Chris says we want Peak, meaning Andrew Peak of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who is on the table. And uh, the cleaner says no retention. Move a young wing player also as the sweetener, as it seems we have a sea of Garlands or sea of Grandlands or sea of wingers. <laughs> <laughs> it is very good. The sea of Garlands. That's sea of Gar- Grandlands have turned into a sea of Garlands. All right. Errors and omissions from Friday's program and beyonds. Um. I had the wrong home team on Thursday Night Football. The game was in Kansas City, not Denver. Our buddy Balraj tells me, Matty, so they didn't throw hats for Austin Matthews because that's another 20 bucks. He's like, hats start at $40 these days. It depends on what hats, Balraj, and where you get them, but yes. Yeah, the, uh, 40 is probably more, a little bit more accurate. Closer yeah. to the uh, numbers these days. And uh, too much swearing. Too much swearing. Mm. Mm. Damn. Oh, I think you've been pretty clean mouth today. Today, yeah, yeah. Bodog line of the day featuring Blake Price. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, sports odds, who you like, what you got. We talked about the rugby quarters being so great at the World Cup. The rugby uh, semis are uh, more like long shots. Um, Argentina, big time dogs against the All Blacks. I don't think they can do that. This is a... Uh, Who's and, the dog in the uh, Springboks, England? England, big time. Really? Yeah. Oh. And so you might be tempted. They, this is not. This was not a storied English side coming in, but maybe they pull it together. Plus four fifty. It's it's a big number, um, but the Springboks are pretty good. So if you're if you're tempted on a dog, let's go England at plus four fifty. Springboks were pretty jammy uh, against France. Yesterday, there was a group watching it. In the oh, room yeah. Was beside oh, nice. us, a couple yeah. roars went up. Awfully quiet in the middle there for a while. Yeah. It was a close, narrow win for them to get through here. On your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder subscribe to us and Rinkwide wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on social. That's Twitter, Insta, 
TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. And of course, support the community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local. <laughs>